Psalm 23 deals with stress that we find in our lives. So we look at God's antidote to those stresses. Psalm 23 is the best loved psalm in the Bible. More than that, this psalm tells us what God is really like. It's a picture of God. I heard about this little girl who was in her Sunday school class. She was drawing a picture. The teacher asked, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to draw a picture of God. The teacher said, but nobody really knows what God looks like. The little girl said, they will when I get through. That's my goal with these sermons, based upon Psalm 23. When we get through this series, you will know what God is like. You will know how much God really loves you. You will know how much you matter to him. You see, the more you understand God, the easier it is to trust God. The very first cause of stress in our lives is worry. By the way, are any of you familiar with worry? Not one back there, huh? Yeah, we all have pet worries, though. Finances, jobs, relationships, marriage, kids, health, kids. This lady had been praying and working an awful lot about with her health recently. She wasn't feeling very good, so she did go to her doctor. She said, I'm really worried about my health. The doctor said, cheer up, you're going to live till you're 50. She said, I'm already 50. The doctor said, you see, I told you so. Please take out the sermon notes prepared for you today. I've noted three problems that we have with worry. Number one in your notes, first of all, worry is unhelpful. Worry is unhelpful. It never accomplishes anything. Worry never solves a single problem. See, worry is stewing without doing. It's like racing your car engine when it's in neutral. You create a lot of smoke and a lot of noise, but you do not go anywhere. Worry never solves a problem. Worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot control the future. It only makes us miserable today. So isn't that true? Worry is really unhelpful. Number two in your notes, worry is also unreasonable. Worry is unreasonable. Worry exaggerates your problems. Worry makes mountains out of mohills. It just makes problems seem bigger and bigger. In fact, have you noticed that the more you reveal something, when you're worrying and worrying, the bigger it gets? The issue grows out of proportion. To worry about something that you cannot change, that's useless. To worry about something that you can change is also stupid. Just change it. But either way, don't worry. So number one, worry is unhelpful. Number two, worry is unreasonable. And you notice number three, worry is unhealthy. Yeah, worry is unhealthy. Your body was not made to worry. It's unnatural. When we worry, we get ulcers. We get backaches. We get headaches. We get insomnia. Our bodies were just not made to worry. See, plants, they do not worry. Animals, they do not worry. The only thing that worries in all of God's creation is people. We worry. But we were not made to worry. 
It makes you unhappy. It makes you unhealthy. The old English word for worry means to strangle or choke. That's exactly what worry does. It chokes or it strangles the life out of you. See, it's not natural. You were not created by God to worry. And worry is a result of sin in our lives. The good news is that we have a Savior who died for us on the cross. We have a Savior who takes away our sin. A Savior who forgives sin through his suffering and his death. And God's Holy Spirit wants to give us that new power to overcome the sins of worry. By looking at Psalm 23, verse 1, we see God's antidote to worry. Please read it with me together out loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In your notes, believe. Believe that God will take care of me. So you must believe that God will take care of you. One little girl said, the Lord is my chauffeur, I shall not walk. When I believe the Lord is my shepherd, when I believe that God is going to take care of me, then I'm not going to worry. But how does making God my shepherd become an antidote to all of our worries? Well, you must understand what a shepherd does in order to make that connection. What does a shepherd do? I've noted four things that a shepherd does in your notes. Number one, shepherds provide. Yeah, shepherds provide food. Shepherds provide shelter for their sheep. Shelters provide the basic necessities. They provide. Number two in your notes, shepherds also protect. Shepherds protect. They defend their sheep against their enemies. They protect the sheep against harm. Shepherds provide. Shepherds protect. In your notes, number three, shepherds guide. Shepherds guide. They lead sheep when they do not know which way to go. Shepherds help to show the way we are to go. They guide. And number four in your notes, shepherds also correct. They correct. Any problems that come along, shepherds correct them and provide the correct answers. From this first verse, we learn the amazing things about the good shepherd. God promises to do four things in our lives if we trust him. Let God be your shepherd. God says, I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I will guide you. And I will correct the problems in your life for you. If you let me be just your shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 11. Please read it with me together out loud. God takes care of his people. God says that. I'll take care of you. I'll provide, protect, guide, and correct. If you let me be your shepherd, God gives me even more specific than that in Philippians. Look what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 19. My God will meet some of your needs. Is that what it says? No. My God will meet most of your needs. Is that what it says? My eyes must be going bad. My God will meet what? All your needs in Christ Jesus. Note that verse says that God will meet all your needs. It does not say God will meet all your greed, though. Is there a difference between needs and wants? Have you talked to your children about the difference between needs and their wants? God does not promise to meet all of our wants. In fact, if God did meet all your wants, you would just be one big spoiled brat. Totally self-centered. But God does say, I'll meet all your needs. And God will do that. 
Circle that word will in that verse also. Does it say that God he might do it? No. Does it say he's thinking about doing it? No. It says God says I'll meet all your needs. I will. How many? All. Does that mean all your relationship needs? Sure. Does that include your financial needs? Yes. Does that include your health needs? Yes. Does that include your job needs? Yes, God promises to provide, to protect, to guide, and to correct the problems. Stay with me on that now. What does that really leave now for us to worry about? Nothing. Zip. See, in the Bible, there are 7,000 promises to cover your entire life. When you understand God's coverage as your shepherd, what is there to worry about? You see, worry is not only unhelpful, unreasonable, unhealthy, but worry is entirely unnecessary. If Jesus is your shepherd, in fact, anytime you worry, you're actually acting like an atheist. By worrying, you're saying that God is not going to take care of me like he promised. God is not going to keep his promises to me. Worry is really just practical atheism. God's not going to do what he says he's going to do for me. Now, just how do I make this God my shepherd? How do I look at three ways now? Three ways to make Jesus your shepherd. Three ways as simple as A, B, C. Number one in your notes, the A stands for accept Jesus as my Lord. Accept Jesus as my Lord. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Follow along with me. The Lord cannot be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. The Lord cannot be your shepherd until, first of all, that shepherd is your Lord. The two go together. Some say, I want Jesus to be my shepherd, but not my Lord of my life. doesn't work that way. That's like saying, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I do not want Jesus to be the Lord and shepherd of my life. It doesn't work. What does it mean to be Lord? It means to be in control. What is a Lord? A Lord is whoever is in charge. Today we use a lot of different words like boss and managers, the CEO, chairman of the board. So is Jesus Lord of your life? If Jesus is calling the shots, he is. If he's not calling the shots, he's not your Lord. If Jesus is not calling the shots in your life, then Jesus is not your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. Look at John 10, verse 14 to 27. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me. They listen to my voice. They follow me. Circle those three verbs, know and listen and follow. These are three things it means to make Jesus Lord in your life. Because then you will know Jesus. It means that you will listen to Jesus. It means that you will follow Jesus. And by the working of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, you put Jesus in control. The real root behind all worries is this very control issue. When you worry, the problem is the fear that you're not and cannot control things. In fact, worry is always an attempt to control the uncontrollable. In your notes, playing God. Playing God is the root of most worry. To conquer worry, first of all, accept Jesus as your Lord, your shepherd. Have you ever seen these signs that say, God is my co-pilot? But God doesn't want to be your co-pilot. You're crash and you're going to blame God for it. God says either you're in control 
or you let me be in control. I made you. I know what will make you happy more than you do. But I give you the option. Either you let me be your shepherd or you try being in control. And if you're thinking that you are in control, then you're just playing God. Playing God is the root of worry. In fact, if you are running, if you're actually running your own life without God in control, then you ought to be worried. Yeah, you ought to be worried. Because most of the things in your life, you simply cannot control. But God can. You simply cannot. So if God is your Lord and Jesus is your shepherd, simple, stop worrying. On the back of your notes. Number two, the B stands for begin praying. Begin praying about everything. You accept Jesus as your Lord and shepherd, and you begin praying about everything. You pray about all the stuff that you usually worry about. You say that you don't have time to pray. If we prayed about those things instead of worried about those things, we probably have plenty of time. Worry is just stewing without doing. Praying gets us in touch with God, who can change everything. Look at 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Circle the word cast in that verse. It really means drop. It means to let go. It really does not mean to throw. It means literally to drop. Too often we cast our anxieties out, like when we cast out a fishing line. We cast out our worries, but then we start reeling them right back in again. God, take my worries, in five minutes we're reeling them back in. We must throw them out and then cut the line off. God wants us to know he's willing to take from us those. In your notes, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it certainly is big enough to pray about. A, accept Jesus as Lord. B, begin praying about everything. And thirdly, in your notes, the C stands for consider one day at a time. You consider just one day at a time. Look at Matthew 6, verse 34. Please read it with me together out loud. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. See, Jesus is saying there, not to open your umbrella until it starts raining. When you start worrying, you cannot do anything about yesterday. And when you worry, you cannot control tomorrow. Worry is just messing up today. God can put the future in simple, little, bite-sized pieces. And you'll just live one little 24-hour period at a time. God knows everything that you're worrying about. And will God give you all your needs as you put him in first place. So in conclusion, when you read Psalm 23, you discover there that 17 times, 17 times in just six verses, the phrase I or my or me is used. Because this is an intensely personal psalm that was written by King David. This psalm talks about his personal relationship with that good shepherd. And what is needed as an antidote to all your worries in your notes is that personal relationship with the good shepherd. You need a shepherd as someone who provides, protects, guides, and corrects. 
And Jesus is that good shepherd for you. Wilbur Chapman was asked to cheer up a 10-year-old boy who was dying of cancer. So he went over to the mother's house where the boy was. He talked with the boy who was worried about dying. He said, I want to teach you something. Let me have you have your hand. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Five words. The Lord is my shepherd. So every time you start to get worried about what's going to happen, I want you to think, the Lord is my shepherd. And you hold onto your index finger, pointing it at your heart. I want you to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Two weeks later, the little boy died in his sleep. When the mother went into his room, the boy who had died in his sleep was holding on to his index finger. Would you repeat those phrases with me together out loud this morning? It's printed on your sermon notes. Emphasize each word with me together. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen.